You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rohde, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. Hey, are you looking for the ideal sketchbook for your sketchnoting practice? The Sketchnote Idea Book is the sketchbook designed for sketchnoters. Equipped with no bleed, no show-through paper, you can take almost any marker or pen you can throw at it. Get 10% off with code ARMY at airship.store. Hey everyone, it's Mike, and I'm here with my friend Maria Correa Martin. Maria, it's so good to have you on the show. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I was uh, I had an opportunity to work with you on your YouTube channel. I think was that last year or 2021. I can't remember now. It's all a blur. And we had a, we had a blast working together. And you popped in mind for this season. I said I need to have Maria on to kind of talk about the work she's doing because she's a really interesting person. It's going to stretch our listeners' minds a little bit further, which is always a good thing. So why don't you begin by telling us who you are and what you do? Great. Yeah. Well, my name is Maria and I'm an expeditionary artist and also Mm. the founder of Art Toolkit. So uh, I wear a lot of hats in my work. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Business owner and artist. Um, And uh, yeah, the expeditionary art part came first. So I've always been passionate about art science and education and using a sketchbook is really how I've interpreted the world um, and going out and um, just, you know, nonstop sketching ever since I was really little. Hmm. I uh, I brought a um, few things to share. So those of you who pop over to the, the YouTube later, my father was a scientist. And so I grew up really curious about um, his work and the scientific process. And part of his work brought him to the Arctic. He was studying the hmm. formation of sea ice. And so um, we grew up with Arctic parkas in the closet. And I remember big maps on the <laughs> ceiling of my room. And so his work also brought him to Japan, where he was invited to teach. And this had a big influence on me because I lived, um, we lived down the street from a brush maker in Tokyo. Mm. And um, the brush I'm holding up right now is one that he made out of my own hair before I left when I was, I think, 11 years old. Um, Mm. And so I would go up there and paint with him and my mom Mm. would help. But we didn't speak much of the same language. But the connecting over art was a really important part of my experience. Mm. And he made this brush as a coming of age gift for me out of my own hair, uh, which he told me was a tradition in Japan. Um, So ever since I was young, I've really known that art has this this important place in who I am and how I experience the world and how I can interact with it. Um, Mm. And that's where that idea of art as a tool started for me as a tool for communication, for Hmm. education for learning for connecting um and and haven't really stopped with that that's really great and that's led of course to our toolkit which is your business that sells i guess materials that uh, encourage that expeditionary art mindset or activity yeah so with expeditionary art i uh went to carlton college i grew up in seattle carlton's in minnesota and um really enjoyed traveling in part maybe to get away from some of those minnesotan winters but had the opportunity to do some terrific study abroad programs, including the South Pacific, which was an art and printmaking program, Mali, West Africa to study French and local culture and dialects, languages, Um, and took myself on some independent projects. And uh, everywhere I went, you know, the sketchbook again was such a part of what I did and and how I experienced the world. And after graduating Carleton, I had 
what's called a Thomas J. Watson Fellowship to travel and paint for a year. The Watson basically funds dreams for mm. <laughs> a pretty unique opportunity for 50 select graduates of um, this consortium of colleges. And so my particular dream was to travel to remote regions and paint mm. and learn about how the landscape impacted me and the artists I could meet, how the landscape was reflected through their art. So long story short, I, I got a lot of practice in painting and traveling and, and um, really my passion emerged out of that of collaborating with scientists whenever possible to help tell their story through art because I've always loved science. And so the, the art toolkit came because I had sort of this puzzle of traveling with art supplies and needing to keep everything portable. And uh, as an artist, part of just who I am is I really like to make things and to try and make things better. And so I was always tinkering every trip with the tools I had. Um, and so I'm holding up now my first little watercolor palette I made, which is <laughs> just out of an Altoids tin. And inside nice. it is um, Sculpey, which I, I pushed a pencil in to make little holes and spray painted. Ah, okay. But you, you see Sculpey is really heavy. And so it, it's not really like a backpacking palette, you know, and it's mm -hmm. a little bulky. So I thought, you know, I, I want stuff to be all in one. What can I do better? So here, here's another one. Uh, this palette is out of a Lamy Safari pencil box or okay. pen box. And I used this time little plastic pans that I could glue inside the tin. Ah, Some of them okay. I put on magnets and um, held a lot more colors. It's, it's lighter weight than my Altoids tin, but still heavy. And I, I had a trip to Eastern Greenland um, in 2010 with a, a walrus biologist. That was this really fun trip. And we did a lot of sneaking up on walruses to observe them. <laughs> and the scientists were, were taking tissue samples, which was a cool process because they basically modified a crossbow to shoot a little tiny metal plug into like, like imagine the tip of a pencil, you know, yeah. uh, that was hollow. So it would take just a little plug of tissue out of the animal to get a little DNA sample. And the walruses were sleeping in the sun and they would grumble when they got poked and then they'd fall back asleep. Like, not a big deal. But sneaking up on these animals, we'd wear these zipper suits, like machinist suits, over our big warm gear. And we'd be crawling in the sand so we wouldn't scare them. And so this is where the quantity of gear I had with me was really confronting sort of practicality mm. because I had my camera and an audio recorder and my sketchbook and my trusty watercolor box but like it would kind of wiggle down as i was crawling mm. in the sand and keeping track of it felt like a challenge so that was the summer that art toolkit really started where i came back and my final watercolor palette that um sort of set the stage was this little business card tin i'd adapted mm. mm -hmm. and found okay now i've got a palette that can fit inside a zipper pouch and I can can take anywhere a lot easier. Um, hmm. And I started making them myself with the help of some um, a local company that helped with the pouches and making the little pallets. And that was over ten years ago. Wow, wow! So that's really cool. It's uh, that's I think the best kind of tools where it's not just something you make up and hope that it fits. It's like you actually field tested everything to get to the point of like, okay, this is really working. And I'm sure you field tested that little business card thing as well to make sure everything worked just your nature right so when you buy something from that kind of uh, a company or a maker 
you really get the you take advantage of all that field work that you've done so you know it's going to work when you get in that situation you know it's not going to fail you or you know yeah yeah i try and like solve problems for myself and then there's mm-hmm. a point at which you think hey you know with my work as an expeditionary artist that was around you know my passion for art science and education and wanting to go out but I kept thinking, hey, I really want to help share this with others and mm-hmm. want to help inspire and empower others for their own education or their own adventures and just going out. And so mm-hmm. um wanted to make tools to share and, and then kept making them better. So, you know, since then, we've done a lot of adapting to this palette from mm-hmm. modifying it and um, changing the materials. And we have them in three sizes. So mm. as if that wasn't small enough, we've got this really okay, bitty little smaller. size. Because it's so cute. And I really like cute little things. My daughter teases me because I'm always seeing little cute things. And then we've got one that is um, about twice as big, but still, okay. still Pretty slim. thin slimness. I think yeah. the other thing that, you know, I've got one of your kits, uh, like a, probably your smallest kit, um, which includes a notebook. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a it's got a palette and a water brush. And then um, it's all inside of a nice, pretty, pretty small, like a nylon zipper case right so it all fits in there um yep right there so <laughs> and we'll, we'll have links to our toolkits you can go if you're listening and you're not looking at anything you're in the car or something when you get to your destination you can pop up a link and sort of look at the the breadth of tools i think the other thing i like about uh, the way you approach things is well of course you're making tools that are tested and you know purpose-built right so that's really cool but i think the other thing i like is that you really focus on education. So like having me on to talk about sketch noting with people that like your tools or you're always kind of doing stuff and then sharing, right? I think that's a really big key. It's not not just that you're making tools, but you're actually showing them in practice and how to use them. And it just makes a kind of for a whole integrated way of looking at what you're doing, which is really cool. Oh, I, I'm so glad you appreciate that. It's, it's yeah. been just central to you know, our values and then the values now of Art Toolkit, you know, it's grown much beyond just me now about, I don't know what it was now, maybe when my daughter was two or three, she's seven and a half now, I realized I needed help with shipping Mm -hmm. and assembling and brought my mother-in-law in to be my shipper and she's still our primary <laughs> shipper and finally got my husband on and now we've got a team of of about eight folks who work with some some full-time some part-time and in, in, in making it but really trying to keep those core values and um I just think it's so neat I mean I get a little thrill when I see people out in the world and I get so inspired by other people's work and so I suppose mm. it's a little bit selfish in, in wanting mm-hmm. that inspiration but then the fun of, of sharing it and delighting and um and I tell you Mike like something the words that were mantras for me too through the whole pandemic was just like community and creativity it was yeah. just like nourishing and I know that was a, the point where we connected and and mm-hmm. um and it's been something that's really grounded me mm. well, that's great I know you know sketch new community is in a similar place like we all care for each other and lots of sharing and support and encouragement so the same thing happened for me kind of leaning into that community when the pandemic happened knowing that there were other people like me that needed connection and so well let's make stuff let's provide that right so it sounds like you're on a similar path so that's really cool you, you talked a little bit briefly about living in japan with your parents and getting a hair a brush made from your hair so I'm going to now switch into your origin story. Now you don't have to go and tell us every detail, but I, you know, we talked a little bit as we prepared for this. Like, what were the key moments in your life that sort of led you to where you're at, and maybe some that specifically, I guess, integrated visual thinking 
um, into those decisions? Like, I'm sure yeah. that living in Japan had a huge impact on the way you thought about visual thinking and observation and the way different cultures are and probably led to your interest in travel. Like there's probably a, a bunch of things that it probably influenced. So yeah. maybe start from when you were a little girl and, you know, you be, became aware of the world and you're traveling with your dad and take us from there. That's a great question. And a, a few sort of key moments come to mind. One was, um, so I've been to Japan four times and when the first trip, uh, I was in grade school, I think, um, I don't know if it was summer after third grade or first grade. I can't quite remember, but the sketchbook for me then was just such a direct communication tool because I'd be sitting around with kids and, you know, I was out there with my family, but we spent a lot of time with other families and kids that my, my parents were meeting and working with. And we would, I just remember describing things like how do we got to school and they draw a picture of how they got to school. And I draw a picture of how I got to school or like what we ate. And it was such this means of connecting and just like you said, that visual language and, um, and, and that, that stayed with me because it, it's brought, you know, joy and connection and, and just like having conversations through a sketchbook. And in high school, I, I loved art and I did a lot of outdoor education, but I really vividly remember, um, and I wish I'd grabbed, grabbed this out of my, my files to show you, integrating art into my other classes as much as I could. And so, for example, I had a mythology class where we'd have to write or review stories. And instead of just, you know, typing up or writing up a report, I put together a little book out of um, greeting cards, which I like sewed together and drew, you know, little tiny little cartoon pictures with the whole stories for the whole assignment. And then I stuck it in an envelope and gave it to the teacher who, who really mm. enjoyed it. But for me, it was a way of storytelling through art in my own way. And it helped me learn also, mm. which I think really relates to like the sketch noting of just visual sort of processing and attention. Uh, and then another really formative moment um, was uh, I spent two summers with the Juno Icefield Research Program in Southeast Alaska. Mm. Um, and so each was a full summer, one as a student in high school and one later coming back to help be a staff and artist in residence. And, um, but that first summer, especially the ice field was this really like stunning environment of rock and ice um, and living on that, you know, in this environment, in these little cabins and traveling with a really neat group of people, science oriented, also learning about field safety. So doing a lot of practice around crevasse rescue and skiing mm. and, um, you know, being, being safe in this place. And I just remember really coming away with, meanwhile, I'm always sketching, um, that idea of just coming at a subject from different perspectives. So, you know, as an artist, appreciating light and shadow shapes, um, this sort of visual vocabulary. And then as a scientist, thinking about, you know, the why and asking questions and, you know, for example, crevasses of why they're forming where they are, you know, sort of mm -hmm. these practical elements. And then sort of from this wilderness experience of how to safely navigate it and travel it. And then also there's this emotional experience of this space that could change dramatically from this really wide open landscape where you're skiing 10 miles and you can see your destination, but it feels like you're moving at the snail's pace or having the fog come in and all of a sudden you're on the inside of a ping pong ball and emotionally can be this entirely different feeling, maybe from going from the vast spaciousness to just this insular world. Um, hmm. And so that made me just think a lot about how much I enjoy learning all these different aspects. And that's really 
was brought me to this expeditionary art of art, science and education. Mm -hmm. Seems to me the sense that I'm getting from you just that this to this point is you have a real fascination with layering. So like, it's not enough that you learn. It's not enough that you're uh, observing scientific phenomena. It's not enough that you're experiencing something emotionally. Then you're layering on this art layer, right? To like try and capture it or express it or explain it, right? So there's all this layering going on from what I hear. Yeah. And it's really neat when you get to be around people who are experts in those other layers because, mm -hmm. um, you know, people of, of all sorts can just be the most delightful nerds, my, myself included. <laughs> yeah. And like, they're so passionate about little things that they know so much about. And it's, yeah. I just find it a delight to kind of connect with those people and try and hear what they know and understand and, and use art as sort of a jumping off point to try and share that. Yeah, it's got to be interesting to be able to express their nerd their nerdery about their specific thing <laughs> in art and then they see it and like yeah you get it like i that that's right you know and you maybe you maybe you even observe something because you're doing that art that they maybe didn't make those connections or maybe it sort of became clear for them i imagine that's probably it. happened yeah 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 that's really cool cool well um let's jump into what's something that you're, the project that you're working on now that you're excited about to kind of bring us right up to the present and share share some detail. Yeah, well, um, I've got all all sorts of projects going on. Um, on the, the art level, um, that's that's been something for my personal art practice that that comes and and sort of fits and starts. Now, I had a really lovely residency over the summer in Norway, which was mm. an opportunity just to kind of sink back into some of my painting practice. And so, I'm excited mm -hmm. to take some of that Norwegian work and and develop it um, into larger paintings. I often like to work. In the field, you know, you work really quickly or might be filling up little sketchbooks. Here's an example. Right. From, small. Um, yeah, little little small, just playful sketchbooks. Um, I'm holding up one from, from some sketches in Alaska I did with a scientist that are oh, yeah, look at very that. much kind of little storytelling mm -hmm. um, elements of, about the project. Um, and then in my studio, I like to work on a much bigger scale often to try and catch some of the emotional sense of what I feel. Um, and then on art toolkit side, there's there's all sorts of <laughs> non nonstop projects there, but I really enjoy developing um, new products and collaborations. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll have to just share that there's um, some new um, paint filled palettes that we're working mm -hmm. on, and um, we've got um, some some variations on. Um, oh, I don't even know if I should say yet, but if you stay tuned to art toolkit. <laughs> You'll find out. Yeah. Get on the mailing list. Um, this spring, there's some, uh, a few things coming out that I'm really excited Sweet. about. That's really great. That's great to hear. So you're, you're like me, you got lots of irons in the fire, keeping things moving. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I will say um, um, we've, we'll be announcing our, our early spring workshop soon. And that's something I'm excited about too, is getting to connect with other um, artists who may want to come and help inspire our, our art toolkit audience. So excellent. Um, excellent. we'll have those coming up soon too. This episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast is brought to you by Concepts, a perfect tool for sketchnoting, available on iOS, Windows, and Android. Concepts Infinite Canvas lets you sketchnote in a defined area while still enjoying infinite space around it to write a quick note, scribble an idea, or keep pre-drawn visual elements handy for when you need them most. The Infinite Canvas lets you stretch out and work without worrying if you'll run out of space. And when combined with powerful vector drawing that offers high resolution output and complete brush and stroke control, 
you have a tool that's perfect for sketchnoting. Search Concepts in your favorite app store to give it a try. Great. Um, so let's switch into tools a little bit. And you probably got lots of tools you could show. I guess we do have to remember this is uh, typically about an hour show, so I'll have to cap you a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe uh, lay out like if someone, maybe we put it in the, in the context of someone's listening and they're like expeditionary art or, you know, visualizing nature. Maybe they're yeah. so, maybe they're in an urban environment and they, they don't think about nature. But the reality is nature is all around you, birds and trees. And there's like, it would be kind of interesting maybe to start observing like, well, what nature is in my urban environment that I could capture? Or maybe I get out of the city and I take a sketchbook or something along. Maybe mm-hmm. talk like, you know, when we talked before, you you were able to provide me with a, a little starter kit to try, right? Which yeah. is really great. So maybe yeah. talk about if someone's interested in getting into it, what would be the right tools that they might consider? Maybe that's the way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think like the sketchbook, um, it's similar to what people say about a camera, that the best camera you have is the one you have with you. So mm-hmm. the best sketchbook is the one you're going to be able to have with you. And for me, that's where um, having this little all-in-one zipper pouch of the art toolkit, which we offer in, in two sizes, um, really came in because I just wanted this like no excuses kit of... Um, mm. Um, and my no excuses kit is usually the small one. I carry um, a bigger one when I want to head out with with more goodies and more things mm-hmm, to share. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to be really no excuses. And in this kit, one of my favorite things is um, a water brush. And yep. I typically use Pentel water brushes. Um, they're really durable. Um, I find they don't often clog, last a long time. If you haven't used a water brush, you untwist the cap so you can fill them with water really cold places, you can mix it in with some vodka or gin to help lower mm, the, the freezing melted, yeah. temperature of um, your, your <laughs> antifreeze. paint. Um, antifreeze. <laughs> and uh, another perk of the the Pentel that I like is they're oval, so they're not going to like start rolling uh, down flat. a hill as quickly. Mm-hmm. Fall um, into well. a crevasse or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, I always find a water brush is handy. Um, okay. You know, at your most fundamental, all you need is a pencil or pen mm-hmm. and a sketchbook. But uh, I'll show you a little just what what is in my kit, I suppose. Um, so uh, I like a waterproof pen. Mm-hmm. I often sketch straight with pen because there's just the immediacy of putting your marks on paper. And mm-hmm. I really try to embrace practice, not perfection, of not worrying about lines being in the wrong place. You know, if I did something mm-hmm. and I stop and measure, I just draw the line where I want it and only color in the lines I want to. Like it's it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And um so pra- practice not perfection is a really big mantra for me. Um, but I love a waterproof pen. And depending on where I'm traveling, I might carry one that's um I, I don't like disposable things in general, but right. a little Sharpie pen, sometimes traveling refillable pens can be a little explosive with going over yeah. mountain passes or altitude. Yeah. Um, another waterproof pen I really enjoy is um, this uh, Pentel brush pen. I love those. Yeah. Get, um, yeah, a little more like dynamic mark, and they're also waterproof. Um, and then I have a little collection of fountain pens. Um, I'll sometimes carry um, this is a little Kakuno um, fountain pen by a pilot that's pretty cute. Mm. Um, and uh, um, not too expensive, too. So if you're not going to worry about mm-hmm. losing it too much. Um, Pigma uh, Copic multi-liners are another waterproof pen I like. 
Okay. Um, and these are these are kind of a in between. Let's see if I can pop this out. Something that um, is disposable and reusable. So it's got a, a very kind of large ink cartridge large ink. that you okay, can replace, and you can replace the nibs. So that, that's a little variety of pens. So I've got pen, water brush. Um, if I do carry a pencil, <laughs> I sometimes carry an automatic pencil. This is a little heavy, mm. but um, oh, I love these pencils, um, Mike. They're uh, Helvetica pencils, and we have the automatic ones, and then we also have um, just wooden pencils, and they're just these gorgeous okay. pencils made in Japan um, that mm. have just a gorgeous feel. And I'm I'm a, a real sucker for good aesthetics, and I really yeah. like their aesthetics. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a mechanical pencil fan as well. I keep uh, usually soft lead and like thick. I got Faber Castell. It's like 1.4 millimeter, so it's really Ooh. super thick. I'll show you what that looks like. Oh. So it's like super Whoa. thick lead, and it's soft. So if oh. I'm going to do pencil, I want it to that's be gorgeous. soft and feel, you know, really loosey goosey. That's that's a I don't know if that's a technical term, but you know, I it tends to like you know I can fl flow around and I don't worry so much. It's not about perfection. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is one I bought years ago. Um, with a, a big lid, mm. lead too that I don't sketch with very much, but I picked it up because it was just so beautiful with yeah. very big lead. I think that's technically <laughs> called a lead holder. I think it moves beyond a mechanical pencil to the lead holder. <laughs> I if think it's got that like size, the, you're right. <laughs> the grasping things on it, right? Um, so a couple other things in my sort of carry everywhere kit. If I've got um, enough time, I do really enjoy travel watercolor brushes. Mm. And um, a brand that um, I've just... I'm a big fan of, and we carry it our toolkit. It's Rosemary and Co. And these are made in mm -hmm. England mm -hmm. um, by a small family company. Not, not terribly small. They've grown many over the years, but Rosemary still runs the company. And mm. they um, they have a whole very variety of shapes and sizes. But the, the big key is that um, when you're done painting with them, you can take it apart and put a mm. cap over the point so that they won't um, be damaged in transit. And hmm. to paint with them, I carry a little tiny collapsible cup um, that we offer oh, okay. on our toolkit website yeah. so I can pour a little water and um, sit down a minute. And uh, sometimes for my water brush, I carry a little tiny um, no needle uh, syringe hmm. to like reef, um, squeeze out the water and, you know, pop it in my brush. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always carry a little extra um, binder clips sometimes rubber bands too for mm. wind and then the um they're really useful because you can also clip your palette to your sketchbook so if you're out you can um have it on one side and sketch mm. on the other got it i do that a lot sketching standing up or making sure something won't blow away mm -hmm. and finally um a paper towel to wipe my brush on and that the paper towels i use <laughs> using these for years and years and years they're shop towels the yes, blue shop yes. towels mm -hmm. that you can pick up at a hardware store and they're just so soft and durable that you they're can tough, like, rinse yeah. them out and reuse them and i really like the the, the feel and and trying to yeah reuse them um cool so yeah that that that's that's what's sort of in my, my daily carry and you know for folks getting started with you know your daily carry can just be as simple as uh, like I said, you know, a pen and a pencil, I think water soluble pens can be kind of fun with a little mm -hmm. water brush just for black and white um, paintings. Um, I think just just keeping things simple with what um, feels like you've got space for in your 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 sort of daily bag.
Well, and I've got my little my little toolkit right here for those on video. Woo! So you can see, there it is. I've got a little ruler in there. Yeah. And all my syringe and stuff. So it's been a great little kit. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I love having a ruler too. Mine, mine has slipped out at the moment. I'll need to replace it. <laughs> exactly. Great. And I think I've actually done some work. I can show you what I've done. I actually, you mentioned the... Um, the uh, the Pentel brush oh. pen. I, I was playing oh, yeah. with this. I was on a train ride in Minneapolis along the river with my kids. And then I think I, I, I was standing at the back in the uh, caboose and just captured the tracks rolling away from us. So I got yeah, to try that... it. It was really fun. I was really enjoying it. I need to do more of it this summer. So thank oh, you again. Oh, wonderful. You are yeah. welcome. Yeah, that brush pen is so big and bold that yeah. you can capture sort of the shapes quickly and then the watercolor can bring it to life. And so I think that's something um, a artist friend of mine told me once was that big tools make for big ideas. And yeah. um, that sometimes bumping up the size of your tool, you know, you can fill something up quickly and- just Loosens you up shape. a little bit too, I think. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, talking about the size, you know, I'm, if you know what the size of a pocket moleskin is, which I don't know what the exact size is. I mean, it's not much, the kit is not much bigger and well, I'll, maybe I'll take a picture for the show notes. So it's big enough to hold it and then the tools. So it's actually pretty small, all things considered, right? So pretty compact and you can throw that in a bag really easily. So I, I appreciate little things from when I was a kid as well. So I super appreciated this, how you packed so much in this little tiny package. So <laughs> it fit yeah, me and suited me. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, mine tends to get a little bloated, but it, the, the zipper holds. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can just stuff one more thing in here. <laughs> one more thing. Just one more thing. That's excellent. Now, um, typically with sketchnoters, they often will use uh, iPads and pencils and stuff. Are you mm -hmm. using any kind of digital tools for the work you do? And what are they if you do? Um, I, I'd say the biggest tool I use is my phone and just taking okay. reference photos. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, I might be out somewhere and I, I find like... Being on site and doing some sort of sketching sort of activates my attention. You know, it, it um, gets me into just like active observation, paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if that's just color studies or notes, but just something to pay attention and, yeah. and you know, get out of my head. Um, but then having um, some sort of media, additional media, you know, let's say I'm going and need to add more color later or want to work on some larger paintings, um, having a camera with me is, is yeah. really helpful. And um, so I think I think a phone is, um, you know, I just have a little iPhone mini mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, I'm not always Super looking small. for the best photo, but just for the reference and the memory. Yeah. Sometimes I'll even do little videos, especially if it's like of birds or things that move so that I can get a sense uh. of that motion. I can pause and maybe catch, you know, a different sort of position. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say I I'm I'm sort of curious about playing more with um, Procreate tools and other things. I've I mm -hmm. had um, on my residency this summer another artist was doing a lot of um, really cool um, development of his of his photos into digital images, and it mm, was neat to see sort of the potential there. But I'm mm. I'm a fairly analog person by nature. <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine, and you know. The problem that I've had in the field is just when you need a thing, the battery's dead. And if you're cold weather, it's, you know, it's dropping faster. And if it's bright and sunny, it's hard to see. You know, there's all these considerations that paper doesn't have mm -hmm. those issues a lot of times. So I could certainly see uh, why that might be the case. But, um, well, that's a really great little toolkit. And we'll we'll have you send a link to all those things. Uh, we can put them in the show notes. So we've got links to all the stuff. Uh, that you showed or maybe the package of things that have them all in there. Maybe they're just one link. 
and everything is already in there for someone so they can just buy it and they're ready to go. So cool. Well, now let's shift again. We're shifting away from tools. And this is the tips portion of the, the interview where I frame it that there's someone listening, a visual thinker, whatever that means to them. Maybe they feel like they've been in a bit of a rut or they're on a plateau and they just need a little encouragement or some inspiration. What would be three things that you would tell them? They can be inspirational, can be practical, three things that they might do to help them just kind of shake it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love that question because um, I'm, I'm a really, real like process person. And I already told you one of my mantras, which is practice, not perfection. And another one of my mantras is trust in process. Hmm. So no matter how much painting I've done, I still sometimes look at a sketchbook or start a painting and I'm like, where do I begin? And I kind of need to remember, kind of, you know, warm up again. And so I love having my little process to get started. And so um, one thing I love in just all parts of my life, but I I love timers. I am so hooked on like, Mm. does this feel hard to do? Set a timer. And in workshops with people of all ages, I love going through gesture sketches, which are really fast, energetic little sketches Mm -hmm. to get the big idea of something and using a timer and we'll often start with like a 10 second sketch go mm. to a 30 second sketch a minute and even up to two minutes and it's sort of fascinating to see what can be done in just just a couple minutes and mm. let's see if i have a little um example here of of some gestures here's some some little just tiny walrus gestures done done with one project oh yeah um so I'd recommend as one tip it is if you're having a, you know, feeling like you need a little prompt to get started is set yourself a timer. Uh, I, I'm going to do this for three minutes just to get yourself to sit down and get started. And another way to think about it that a scientist shared with me is the activation energy to get like a chemical reaction started You've, is, is bigger mm. often than like continuing mm. a process. And so I think that timer can help us have that boost to sort of get going. And then once we are in the groove, it can be easier to stay, you know, in the flow. So yeah, my first tip, Mike, is um, use a timer okay. and set yourself a very small amount of time to to do something. And now there's the question of, of what to do, and that will be my next tip. <laughs> um, so... Uh, another tip I would suggest is if you're sitting somewhere and feeling like uh, I need a little boost for getting going here would be just to play with painting the colors you see hmm. and not worry about composition. You might do this as um, little circles. Um, an artist friend of ours with Art Toolkit lately has just been doing um, some really delightful little circle studies oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. sort of in this vein of um creating, you know, a little bit of a little wet circle on your paper, dropping a little bit of one color in and adding a little bit of another color. Mm. Um, So they could be more formal, or you can see this little splotch of color on the other side of just seeing how colors might mix together what you see in front of you. But take away the pressure of I have to like paint something or or Mm -hmm. do something more, you know, I'm going to put this in quotes, you know, official or real feeling. Just give yourself the opportunity to Play with color, what you see, and don't worry about composition. And 
actually there's there's a fun thing um which i think we put on our website i can send you a link to this mike of um if you do this of just mixing the colors you see sometimes you can go on top and just do a light pen drawing on top of that as mm. well and i can send you a, a link to a little prompt with that okay. um and i think my my last tip would be going the other direction from just looking at color to just starting with words. Mm. And I think a lot about um, sense of place and palette of place is something as an artist I pay attention to. You know, you're building a vocabulary when you're outside of the colors you see, of the environment, of the stories you learn. And if it feels too much to start with the, the sort of drawing side of things, let yourself do some writing. And I, I often think about, you know, the W's of who, what, where, when, why. When I write, I, I think it can be really fun to play, you know, um, something you do so well. You know, you might play with your writing. Um, this is a little sort of mm. an exercise I did on one program where we were imagining the ocean. So let your words sort of be fun where you might play mm. with how you're writing. And then around around those writings, you might then add in you know, little tiny thumbnail sketches or little mm. icons, and then be able to add some color to the page. So I think with all of these tips, um, out of those three, it's about just simplifying your approach, you know, setting a timer, putting a little limit on kind of your time and expectations, taking away composition, just focusing on color, and then just paying attention to the world and, and just letting yourself start with notes, mm. just to start start that attention. Those are great. Those are three great tips. And I also, I almost want to say practice, not perfection and trust in the process are almost like free extra tips. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 0 0.1 and 0 0.2. I don't know, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I think also good things to remember. Well, that's really great. Um, well, here we are at the end of the interview. Crazy enough. It just sort of flows by. It seems like every time I do these, uh, tell us what's the best way to reach you to get to our toolkit to follow you, are there social media channels where you're more active? Like what are the best ways to connect and explore what you're doing and what you're offering? Yeah, yeah, so um, Art Toolkit, we're at arttoolkit.com and um, Mike, I'll put together a little um, discount code um, that you okay, can share perfect. with your listeners at the, the end. Um, we'll put in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and we have an active Art Toolkit Instagram, um, fun community there and um, I've got, um, um, small team at Art Toolkit who helped me with that, which is great because they um, we really enjoy featuring other artists, featuring mm -hmm. techniques. Um, we have an Art Toolkit Recommend series where we just really try and share inspiration and um, and cool stuff to try and help inspire each other. My personal art is over at expeditionaryart.com. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, I'm a little quieter on the, on the social media front these days personally, but um, the Art Toolkit newsletter is the best place to hear about um, what is coming up um we announced to our newsletter our new releases or special um special offers first um so we we really enjoy that community and um so invite mm -hmm. you to sign up for that on our website great those are all great uh, entry points and everybody listening definitely check out the code that'll be in the show notes and then go visit and you know spend some money over here you know that's uh, <laughs> we uh, we want to we want to uh, encourage and support uh maria and her team for the hard work they're doing and the sharing that you're doing and you end up with good tools. So, I mean, everybody wins in that case. So thanks so much, Maria, for being on the show and, and sharing your experience and 
it's so good to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Oh, so it's such a pleasure. And um, Mike, thanks for everything you do. And, and your work has, has long been inspiring for me too. So um, just really glad to share this community. So thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. Thanks so much. And for those who are listening, this is another episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast. So until the next episode, we'll talk to you soon. The Sketchnote Army podcast was created by me, Mike Rohde, and brought to you by Rohde Design Studios. It's produced and edited by Alec Polianis of Amp Creative Studios. The theme music was created by John Schiedemeyer. To support the creation of this show, I invite you to buy one of my books, The Sketchnote Handbook or The Sketchnote Workbook. You can find the books on Amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code RODI40 for 40% off. Please share this podcast with other visual thinking friends and be sure to leave a nice rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app so others can find the show. 